about now? Is that better? Okay. Uh, take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And then we want to turn back over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to preach a message this morning. And by the way, it's, it's a delighted to be with you. I was here back here last year with the, uh, one of your pastor was absent. And uh, uh, Brother Jeff Rimes always gets me involved with preaching at different places. And uh, so he called me earlier this, this week and asked me if I could, uh, uh, could be here and for today. And I happen to have the absence and I'll just be glad to be here. But I want to preach a message of encouragement to you because life has all kinds of problems and difficulties. And then sometimes when you're in a church like this and your crowd is small and you get discouraged and you just wonder what is, is worth it all, you know. And so I share with you at this point, it's been my privilege to, I'm 83 years of age. No, I don't look it, but I am. I'm 83 years of age and been preaching since I was 16 years of age. Well, that's when God called me to the ministry. I was saved at the age of nine. And then um, at the age of 16, I felt God calling me to the ministry and went to Mississippi College. And uh, my second year there, a little church up from Yazoo County, a little community called Anding, A-N-D-I-N-G, called me to be their pastor when I wasn't quite 19 years of age. And so I've been preaching ever since then and been recently retired from uh, the active full-time pastorate now for some several years. And we've moved up here to be with our uh, our daughter, who husband, whose husband pastors Park Place Baptist Church, and um, it's been our privilege to uh, uh, to be here. And I've been preaching all throughout Rankin County and and other places here in, in these past weeks and months. But I'm going to talk to you about the uh, the crowns that are received. If you have a study guide, I gave uh, I had some of those printed. The crowns received for the Christian's faithfulness. Now. Let's just begin reading at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let me begin reading with verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep, that you sorrow, that you sorrow not, even as, uh, as others uh, who have no, which have no hope. But if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so... Them also which, which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say to, unto you by the word of the Lord, that uh, we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them who are, which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, let's turn over to, to 2 Corinthians for just a moment. 2 Corinthians, and look, if you will, at, at chapter 5 and verse 10. Well, he said, let's go back up to verse 8. We are confident, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8. We are confident, I say, that and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor 
that whether absent, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Now look at verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he has done, whether it be good or bad. You know, the older that I get, the more that I think about the things that's going to happen after I die. I get thinking about the things of what is, what is heaven really like. And so I've done a little study and looked at some things, and I'm going to just kind of walk with you a, a little journey from earth and to heaven. Let's just say it's 2 o'clock in the morning. For some reason, you have a heart attack and you die. All of a sudden, an angel of God comes and gets you out of that old body. That body stays there. They're going to take and put it in the grave in the next few days. But the real you that lives in that body is going to be translated right on up into glory. I can just see as we travel towards glory, we go up through the ceiling of the house. We go right up through the, the uh, space by the stars and by the, all the planets. And finally, we get to this place called heaven. And finally, when we get to that place of heaven, the angel sends us, walks with us to the gates. And the keeper of the gates asks the question, why should I let you into this place called heaven? And we will say, because of our faith in Christ and because of what we've been taught through the, through the word throughout our lifetime, that because we have trusted Christ as our Savior, then we can get through into the gates of heaven. And so we, te- we give a testimony to that gatekeeper, and he says, enter in. Now imagine with me, if you will, as we walk down that golden street of heaven, all kinds of friends and loved ones and, and patriarchs of the past and disciples and others behind the streets welcome us, welcoming us into heaven. We get into the throne room. The angel takes us to the throne room. And there are two thrones. One is the Heavenly Father. The second one is where Jesus ascended. When he ascended back to heaven, the Bible tells us he took the, his, at the, to seat, be seated at the right hand of the Father in glory. And that's where he's been throughout these 2,000 years, and he's making intercession for us. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is all around. We get there to the, to the Father, and Jesus says, Father, I want to introduce you to my brother, to one of your children. He's been faithful through the years. He's preached the gospel. He's taught Sunday school class. He's been faithful through the years, and we want to reward him. And so Jesus reaches over, and he gets some crowns, and he lays those crowns on our head. And he says, welcome, my good and faithful servant. And from that point on, God gives us assignments that he wants to accomplish, us to accomplish into his kingdom in that day. But you see, we want to talk for a moment about what you're doing and I'm doing, that the Bible teaches us that we will receive a crown. Look, if you will, at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And let me look at, let's look at verse 10 together for a moment. 
we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, okay? We've just described that now. We're in heaven. We've died. Our souls have been translated. We're in heaven, and we're down the streets of gold, and we get into the throne room. There's the Father, and there's Jesus, and he's sitting on what is known as the judgment seat. And the Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body. In other words, the rewards according to, the, to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, look at your study guide, if you will, for a moment. The purpose of the judgment seat of Christ is to test us, to reward us for what we have done. So may I say to you at this point, we have stopped right here in this middle of the message at this point. Ladies and gentlemen, there's one day you're going to die. We don't know when that is, but death is going to come unless the Lord Jesus comes back first. So whether the the rapture takes place or you die, you're going to go right on up into heaven as we've described. And you're going to go before the judgment seat of Christ. And at that point in the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to, if you look at your study guide, he's going to review and reward the Christians for for his or her faithfulness. In other words, what you're doing to keep this church alive. What you're doing in your ministry in the church and your teaching and your singing and your playing and all of this, God's taken note of that. And he's going to, there's going to come that reward day, that, uh, that day when you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and he's going to review and reward you for your faithfulness. So now notice if you were that in small print right under that, those, that bold print under review and reward the Christian for his faithfulness. The Lord will review our conduct. I won't take time to read all of these scriptures, but they're there for you, for you to do your own study. In other words, our, our, how are our living, our conduct. He will review our service, what we have done for him. He'll review our words, whatever it has been, how we speak and things of that nature in Matthew chapter 12. And then he will review our thoughts and our motives. In other words... Sometimes we say things because of what we have, we have uh, thought in our minds. And then sometimes we think those things that are not pure, not right. And that's uh, not what God wants us to be. But anyway, I want you to know that he will review our entire life, our conduct, our service, our words, and even our thoughts and review. And that's what he's going to use to judge us and to reward us in that day. So we need to be careful. I have to... Uh, I have some top problems sometimes with uh, with some things that how I think about people and other things of that nature, and I have to stop to say, "Okay, Lord, don't don't think about that. Lord, don't 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 take that into account." Because I realize that some of those things that I think about, some of those thoughts that I have, are not spiritual and they're not right with God. But if I keep on having those, one of these days He's going to. Re- He's going to bring all that back up like a, a movie theater in my life and he's going to reward me or he is going to uh, take away some of the rewards that he's, re- he's given me because of my lack of faithfulness. So anyway, so the Lord review our conduct, our service, our words, our thoughts, and our motives. Now look at this next statement. I hope you've got your study guide, but I want to read this to you and then we'll go to, uh, to, to some other positive things. 
Based on this review, we will receive rewards from our gracious Lord. These rewards will be given to faithful Christians in the form of crowns to be placed at the feet of Jesus during the great worship service in glory. Now, take your Bibles, and this is very important, and turn to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, look if you will at verse 10. Now it uses the term here, the four and twenty elders, that's the Christians, that's the people that have trusted Christ in the past. The four and the twenty elders fall down before him. Now this is, a, this is a worship experience in heaven. All the Christians, all the people, the Old Testament saints, New Testament Christians, the four and the twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne. Now who is that? That's Jesus, the Father. That's Jesus sitting at his right hand. And worship him that liveth forever and ever. Now notice, in other words, Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, always has been. They've, he's lived forever. And he will live forever and ever. So what he's saying here is, the four and twenty elders, that's the Christians, that's the saints of God, will fall down before him and who sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. And then notice it says, and cast their crowns before the throne, thy, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So now back up to verse 10 for a moment. And we will cast, or they will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Now, where do we get those thrones? Where do we get those crowns? Well, we just talked about that a few moments ago. But in chapter, uh, right here, uh, God gives it to Revelation chapter 4. But all through these that the Lord will review our conduct, our service, our words, our thoughts, and motives. And based upon these, we'll receive rewards. So what I've done, I've gone through the Bible, the New Testament, and picked out the crowns that we're going to take according to our work. Look at, look at number one. The crown of striving is an imperishable crown. The imperishable crown will be given to those who exhibit faithful endurance through trials. And I put here 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. He talks about, the, Paul talks about how that when you go, try, go through trials and tribulations, that God takes notice of it. Now, in the world that we live in, ladies and gentlemen, we have had troubles in the past. And I want to tell you, the way I see the world today, we're going to, we're, before, we, before the Lord comes back again, unless he comes back immediately, Christians are going to continue to be be persecuted. Not only now, I've read about the testimonies of, uh, of Christians in the foreign countries like in Africa and others, how the Muslims are, are persecuting and they are cutting off the heads of Christians and things of that nature. Folks, Christians around the world in every nation are being persecuted. They're suffering as a result of their faith and walk in Christ. So, the people that suffer like that are going to receive a crown. It's called the crown of striving, an imperishable crown, because we are faithful in the endurance of all of these things. 
Now, you may be going through some personal problems I don't know about. I, have, I may be going through some things that you don't know about. But as long as I have my faith and my trust in God, and I walk with him, and the devil throws darts at me, and all kinds of problems comes my way, then I am going through some trials and tribulations. But I want to tell you, if I stay faithful with him, he's going to reward me. And one of the rewards is, when I get to heaven and face my Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to reach over and get a crown, an imperishable crown, and he's going to lay it on my head. Because, and then later on, in that worship experience in Revelation chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, in that worship experience, I can take it off and cast it at his feet and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. Now, there's the crown for soul winning, uh, given for, sin, for concern for sinners. The crown of rejoicing or exhortation is given to the, to, for winning souls. Now, when you are witnessing to somebody, if you have some friend or some relative that you've been praying for them to be saved, then you keep on doing that and you keep on witnessing to people. Then one of the, whether you win them or not, you're faithful in your witnessing to them and they are responding to the gospel, then what's going to happen is you're going to get a crown of uh, what we said here was a crown of uh, rejoicing, the crown for soul winning. And then thirdly, it's the crown of second coming, the crown of righteousness, given to those who love the thought of Jesus' second coming. You know, I've, uh, I have, when I was with you guys before, I shared with you my, my life story, basically. I grew up in the city of Jackson. My father was a city bus driver and uh, went to, uh, off of Bailey Avenue, that was the uh, church, used to be old Davis Memorial Baptist Church. They built a new building across the street called the Crestwood Baptist Church. And then we, we, we moved from that part of town, we moved to West Jackson. Uh, you go to the end of West Capitol Street, turn right just before you go over the overhead bridge and turn right back in there on Daniel Street where, uh, where we, we, we moved there. We moved our membership from Crestwood Baptist Church to Emmanuel Baptist Church, right there, about a block and a half from, our, from where we lived. Matter of fact, the pastor's home backed up to ours in another street there. But Brother Story, Brother W.R. Story, little old short man, older guy, he, uh, he had all kinds of physical problems, but there wasn't, there wasn't very many Sundays that he didn't preach on the second coming. He believed that every time a, a car light shined into his uh, window of his house at night, it was the, it was the light of the glory that, was going, that Jesus was coming right then, etc. And so I grew up, basically, as a teenager, listening to an old-time pastor of the Word of God preaching on the second coming. And ever since then, that has been my one desire, is concerning the second coming. So for those of us that love thinking about the second coming of Christ. You see, that second coming is that one of these, you know, he's at the right hand of the Father in glory. And one of these days when the Father gets tired of all the mess that is happening in this world, he's going to reach over, tap Jesus on his shoulder, and say, son, go get our family. And that's when he's going to come and stand on the cloud. He's, that's going to be the trump of God sounding the, and, and the voice of the archangel. And when he shouts, arise, my love, then 
That means that all the people that are in the graves that have died knowing Christ as their Savior, they will begin to rise. And then we that are still living, we're caught up with them in the air as we read a moment ago in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we'll meet him back in the air. And then we'll go back with him into glory. And he will at that point give us a reward. So one of the rewards is a crown of the second coming because we love to teach about it and we love to think about one of these days Jesus is going to come back again. And then the, the next one is the crown of steadfastness. And uh, this is given to, uh, for the courage of suffering. Uh, as we find in James in Revelation, the crown of life is given for enduring trials and loving uh, and loving the Lord in spite of the trials, even to the point of death. This is what is known as the martyr's crown, where we die for our faith, just like we described a moment ago. But then there's another one. There's a, a, a fifth crown that we will get along with many others. This is just five of them. We could go through the scriptures and probably find about 15 or 20 more of them. But the crown of shepherding is called the crown of glory, given for caring for, uh, for, caring for the sheep. The crown of glory is given uh, for being a faithful teacher and, a flea, uh, and feeding the flock of God willingly. In other words, somebody made the statement that this is the pastor's, a faithful pastor's crown that he'll get. Because he has been, he has been shepherding the, the, the sheep, the spiritual, uh, uh, the, 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 the Christians, the, child, the children of God in churches like this. Like your pastor would, would probably receive that. I don't know him, but if he's faithful at all, one of these days, he's going to get a crown called the crown of shepherding because of that. Now then, let's bring this to a conclusion. Here's where I want to lay a challenge to you. Look at your study guide again. Under conclusion. All Christians should consider all of these carefully and not be satisfied with receiving only one. All of us should strive for all five so that we could cast them at the feet of Jesus. You see, before you read any further, let me say this. I want to get all the crowns I can get. I want to serve him because of what he's done for me. And I want to get all the crowns, not that I can strut up around and say, hey, look at me, look at my crown, look at what I've done, look at what I've done for Jesus. No, because one of these days I'm going to, I'm going to face him in that, in that throne room. And I want to take those crowns off of my head and cast them at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I didn't do this for me. I did it because of what you did for me at Calvary. And I've served you faithfully. And so, folks, you keep on serving God and keep on coveting those crowns because one of these days when you die and the judgment time comes then you can take those crowns off and throw them at the feet of Jesus and say thank you Jesus for what you did for me and all of God's people said what amen, amen. all right let's go a step further to end the conclusion then but in addition to these Jesus promises to those who are overcomers in life other certain rewards I won't take time to do it, but in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, he, met, he, he, he wrote to the seven churches. At the end of those seven churches in Asia Minor, he says, To him that overcomes, I will give him so forth. When we overcome by giving our life and our hearts to God and in faithfulness, then these are some of the rewards that he will give to us. If you will, for just a moment, 
Look at, at chapter, at chapter uh, 2 and verse 7 of Revelation. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And then if you look at verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit hath said to the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. But I like what he says in chapter 3, and it is several more of them, won't take time for it. But look, if you will, at chapter 3, and look, if you will, at verse 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am, and am set down with my father in his throne. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have a chair to pull up here, and I'll try to pull those up here. But let me tell you what it's like. You're in heaven. And here's Jesus is sitting on his throne right here. And then you look over here and there's where the father sits. By my faithfulness, what's going to happen is, what's going to happen is, by my faithfulness, and he gives to reward me. One of the things he's going to reward me, he's going to say, son, come sit with me on my throne. And help me rule and reign throughout eternity. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what this old preacher is looking forward to. I'm not looking forward to die. I've got a lot of life I want to live. I have a family. I have grandchildren. I have children. I have grandchildren. I want to keep on preaching the gospel until I just can't utter another word. But I'm looking forward to that day. When I go to heaven and Jesus looks at me and he says, son... Well done. Thank you for preaching for all those years. Thank you for what you've done. Now would you come and sit with me on my throne. As the Father had me to sit on that throne when I was resurrected. And would you just help me rule and reign throughout the year. I'm looking forward to that time when Jesus says, Father, says, Son, come sit with me. And rule and reign with me throughout all of eternity. And that's what you need to look forward to and one of these days, when you're dead, they put your body in the grave. But the real you, the real you, will be in that spirit form that Jesus Christ is going to say to you, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm going to give you crowns. And he lists these crowns and several others. And then he'll finally say to you, would you come and sit with me on my throne? Help me rule and reign throughout eternity. Oh, that's going to be a day. That's going to be a day of rejoicing when that time comes. So, let's conclude this message. If you have your study guide, statement C under conclusion. So don't be discouraged and give up. Keep on keeping on in your service for God's kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that you get discouraged sometimes when your crowd's low and you have some problems and difficulties. But folks, don't give up. This is God's church. This is God's work. And you're called to do what? To be faithful in his business. You're to be you're faithful in your giving. You're faithful in your service. You're faithful in your, in your teaching. You're faithful in your witnessing. Because one of these days, He's going to reward you. And I've just listed five crowns 
there are many other crowns and many other statements of rewards that he's given and he talked about. So, the last statement, statement D, could you stand today before the judgment seat of God and truly say, I lived, loved, gave, served daily with the view of heaven and the judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Keep on being faithful. Because God's not through with you. And God's not through with your church. And so I want you to make a commitment. Those few of you that are here this morning. Would you make a commitment not to me. But to God. That you're going to continue to be faithful. And you know what? He may not give you a crown now. But he's keeping a record. He's checking it right and left. And when you die. And that could be any moment. Or when Jesus comes back. And that could be any moment. And you stand before Jesus. At his judgment seat. And he begins to say. Thank you. For serving me. Thank you for being faithful. And he reaches over. And he gets not just one crown. But he gets. Another crown. And another. Three or four of them. And he places them on your head. And then you can say. Dear God. I didn't serve you for these crowns. I served these because of. I served you because of what you did for me at Calvary. And you take those crowns off and cast them at his feet and bow in worship. So the message this morning is a message of encouragement. Folks, keep on keeping on. Keep on being faithful. Because one of these days, you're going to stand before him who has paid it all for your salvation. Bow with me, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If there's one here that's never trusted Christ as their Savior, would you just bow your head right now and ask Jesus to come in as Savior? He's standing at your heart's door. He wants to come in. But you have to invite him. You're here this morning and you need to recommit your life totally to him. You may need to come and kneel here at the altar. Or you may need to come and let me pray with you for a moment. God's spoken to your heart and to your life. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, Father, you know the needs of every heart in life here today. Lord, there may be one here that's lost and needs to trust you. There may be a church member who's become discouraged, who needs a word of encouragement. That may not just a word of encouragement from an old pastor, but needs a word of encouragement by your spirit in their hearts and lives. Bless now. And you be blessed. This is my prayer in Jesus' precious sweet name. Amen.
Let's stand to our feet and sing our hymn of invitation. I'm going to be standing here at the front. If you need to come and chat with me and pray with me, if you have a matter that I can pray with you about, please feel free to share it with me. But let's sing. <laughs>